listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. We have something fun this week, right, Zach? We do, yeah. Do you want to hit him with it? Yeah, I'm going to hit y'all with it. So, we have merch. This is so exciting. We it's very have modest merchandise. <laughs> very modest merch and very limited supply, but that makes it all the more exciting if you get your hands on it, right? Yeah, it's uh, very rare. Very rare. So we have t-shirts, guys. We have 30-Minute Expert t-shirts. They're blue t-shirts like our logo, and they have our little logo in the corner, and they're adorable, and we love them, and we want to give them to you guys because we figure who will appreciate them more than the fans, right? The fans. So we were like, how are we going to decide who to give these t-shirts to? And so in a bout of shameless asking for what is it i was gonna say self-promotion it's not self-promotion well wait what are we asking for reviews yeah oh okay on itunes or yeah yeah itunes right yeah okay um yeah so if you go on and review the the podcast and give us five stars we'll we'll send you a shirt we haven't really talked about this (laughs) (laughs) we didn't really nail down the details so we're kind of uh this is kind of off. This the is cuff. it right now. So, but yeah, that's what I figured. Like you know, we love we love getting five star reviews. We love when you write a little something about us. And obviously, don't do it if you don't want to. But if you feel compelled to give us a five star review, and then you could send us an email or, con- or so DM do us what, on like Instagram. Take a screenshot and then DM Just tell us. us or... Did it? We'll believe you. That's true. Yeah, we'll take you guys as honest people. No, we won't. This is great. So (laughs) leave your five star reviews. Let us know. Yeah, and And um, just send us a DM or an email and say, "Hey, I'm so and so. You know, Star Power eight six seven who just wrote (laughs) you that five star review." And we will say, "Great!" And send us your address or a PO box if you don't trust us, and we will mail you free of charge a T shirt. This is extremely kind of us, I must say. I know. Also, the sizes are limited, so if you're any size, really, get in there quick because there's only a few of your size. Yeah. But we have small to extra large, so. Yeah, and if you're Everyone's too welcome. late on getting your size, you might uh, walk away with a, a nightgown. Um, yeah. You know, an extra large t-shirt. Maybe you're a petite. You might get a big one. Maybe you're bigger. You might get a little uh, small belly one you can shirt. Use as a handkerchief. Whatever you want. It's going to work out no matter what. So, yeah, give us a five-star review. Let us know. We'll send you a shirt. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Okay. Are you ready to get into this week's episode? Heck, yeah. I'm ready to get into this week's episode. All right. Do you have a good uh, good idea for me? I think I do. It's spring. This it's is, finally yeah, spring. This is true. Spring has sprung. It feels nice. The air is nice. The vibe is nice. Everything's nice, right? <laughs> yes. So, I am inspired by the spring. And Easter just happened. You know, all these things. What do they make you think of sometimes? Um, The spring? Yeah. You're saying what the spring spring. made me think of? Flowers? Oh my gosh. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. Got it. As soon as I posed that question, I thought, man, I don't know what he thinks of in spring. But good, good. Flowers. Yes, flowers is what I wanted you to think of. Particularly, I think of tulips in the spring. Oh, you do now. Yeah. I 
think they come out in the spring. I don't know. All flowers come out in the spring. I have Whatever. No idea. So tulips do as well. Um, so there's this thing that I have heard about a few times, kind of known about. It pops in and out every once in a while, but I don't really, really know what it is. Have you ever heard of, uh, I don't know if there's an official name for it, but like Dutch tulip mania? Um, no. I mean, I know that they grow a lot of tulips in the Netherlands. They do. But I don't know what the mania, like, what's the mania? This is a very specific time period that I don't know what the time period is. Also, I got to cut you off. I was so nervous saying the Netherlands just now. I was like, what is Dutch? Is that, like... I was just I'm I'm proud of myself for pulling that one off. Yeah, no, I think you're well I think you're I'm right in the too. right area. Right? What well yeah. what's Dutch? Dutch is Holland. Right? Oh Man. you might be right. Yeah, well, Dutch what's is the Holland. Netherlands? The Netherlands Amsterdam and Holland and something else? Uh I don't actually know for sure. We should do an episode about the dang Never- <laughs> no. Netherlands. We have so much to learn. We'll find that out. Okay. Do a little quick geography of that area for us sweden norway netherlands holland everything amsterdam tell us what it's about and then so this is a time period in i don't know when like i said i think it's like maybe the 1700s i'm not sure there was a bubble you know when people talk about bubbles now like the dot-com bubble the housing bubble there was a tulip bubble in holland i guess I don't know if it was the whole area. They call I've heard it called the Dutch tulip mania. So I can't that's believe what I makes patted myself on the back for that Netherlands thing, and now it's Holland. Oh, this might all be wrong. Well, this let's is just why keep I rolling. don't like talking in the beginning until we actually learn stuff. No, this is great. It freaks me out. Okay, <laughs> well, so but but the point is they went crazy for tulips, and you know what it means when there's a bubble now that it's like the prices get. Um, inflated inflated in a way that is not really rela- related to the actual value of the thing yeah you know what i mean yeah. that's what happened with tulips like the price of tulips went sky high and it was a very small period of time i don't know exactly how long but it was short it wasn't like yeah over this 20 year period everyone loved tulips. it was short it was like months wow yeah no i've never heard about this and it's the first and people refer to it as the first bubble ever it was the tulip bubble where people just went nuts for it um and i want to know about it so this is the dutch tulip mania yeah if you look it up you'll find it okay and like i said i don't know if that's the exact if every single website will say that exact words mm-hmm. but um but you'll you'll get i know what it. i'm looking for now yeah it's okay. cool doesn't that sound fascinating yeah this does sound neat and i've never heard of it and it sounds um yeah it sounds kind of weird i like it yeah exactly it does sound kind of weird and that's why i like it too all right this has been our longest intro yet so we better get to it <laughs> okay <laughs> seven days really really oh that is short yeah from i think march to may probably depending where you are Uh probably depending on weather conditions that sort of thing dang that's brief 
Oh, it's brief. Mm-hmm. We're talking tulips. Tulips are originally from Central Asia. Oh, really? Yeah, they were first found near where... This isn't like an exact triangulation, but mm-hmm. near where like China and Russia and Afghanistan all butt up against each other okay. in that region. Uh, so that's where they are first found. They're like cultivated in Asia first. Um, and then Western traders encountered tulips in Constantinople mm. uh, in like the 1500s and brought them back to Europe. Okay. They first took them to, uh, where was it? Austria, maybe they. Yeah, I don't know. They like stopped off in Austria for a second, and then they really sure. they brought them to France, and they they gained popularity there. Like anything exotic and rare and valuable among mm. the elite people. Okay. So uh, they became this sort of status symbol in France, and then very quickly made their way to the Netherlands, where same thing. They're they're expensive. They're mm-hmm. exotic. So it's it's this thing where people in high society. Yeah. Buy them and wear them and show them off. Wear and... them, like actually, wear them? no, I don't think Uh-oh. wear. It. Um, maybe, but I don't know why I said that. Mm. Uh, More just like have it at your house. Or... Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is in the 1500s when they get up to the Netherlands. Okay. Now, when do I get to interrupt and ask about the Netherlands and what it is? You know what? I was gonna. Well, I was. I had that at the end of my notes, but maybe we should just get that out of the way right now because yeah, because I'll you probably go. Interchangeably between Netherlands and the Holland in Holland. Um, so the Netherlands mm-hmm. is a country. Okay, it's called the Netherlands. Great, and it's comprised of twelve provinces. Right, okay. of which North and South Holland are two of the provinces. Oh, okay. So Amsterdam is in North Holland. This has always Dang. been their biggest financial center it's their capital okay it's the netherlands capital it's where every tourist who visits the netherlands goes to amsterdam yes so uh and again amsterdam is in the province of north holland okay so it just so amsterdam kind of, is a city in the province of north holland in the country of the netherlands correct and since amsterdam was it is literally the capital of the Netherlands mm-hmm. and also like the only city anyone knows. Uh, Holland just kind of stuck as like the name that people would call the entire country. Interesting. It is weird. I mean, it's like if somebody in another country just called the U.S. New York. Yeah. You know, which it's yeah. like that doesn't make any sense, but you would kind of get why they would associated that, with yeah. that um that sort of thing i mean i feel a little better hearing this like slightly complicated explanation because i was feeling really embarrassed about my lack of knowledge and understanding of the netherlands no it's very very confusing okay yeah cool it, but you put it perfectly amsterdam is the capital city of the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and it's in the... Pro- you put it better. I'm butchering <laughs> this. Amsterdam is a city in the province of North Holland in the country of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Can we move on? I, do, I feel better. Me too. Actually, I have one more question. Yeah. Dutch. What does Dutch refer to? Let me to? scroll back down to the bottom Let's of my notes. Let's do it now. <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, so Dutch, which is uh, what you call the people of the Netherlands. They are Dutch They are people. Dutch. Okay. Uh, Dutch comes from uh, an old English word that means either people or nation. Mm. And it was actually used to refer to people of both the Netherlands and Germany. 
and that's why oh, Germany's geez. name is Deutschland. Yeah. Um, which looks a lot like the word Dutch if you have never seen it spelled. Um, so that was the name of people from those two regions, and then the Netherlands got you know became independent, mm-hmm. however long ago, uh, in like eighteen I don't know early eighteen hundreds. Okay. Uh, or earlier, and they um, and that name just kind of stuck. The na- the Dutch moniker okay. just kind of stuck for their people, and that's what they've always used. So yes, it's very confusing between Dutch and Holland and Netherlands. And, yeah. And yes, but now that we know, it's it's obviously way less confusing. It makes sense when you hear yeah. why, mm-hmm. but it it's almost frustrating. Like, what, well, then why, why is everyone so confused? Yeah. This isn't confusing. <laughs> why did we mess yeah. this all up so bad? We did. We uh, really did. Okay, so we're talking the tulips. They're popular among elites. Mm-hmm. And like anything that's popular among high society, mm-hmm. the people in the lower classes want a taste of it too. Mm-hmm. So the popularity spreads to the lower classes. Mm-hmm. This is no different. The The Dutch had recently gotten freedom from Spain in the mid-1500s. So shortly after that time, the and I'm sure you've heard of this, the Dutch East India Trading Company was formed. I have. This brought incredible wealth to that region via international commerce. So there's a huge market there for expensive goods. Mm. And the main city where this tulip trade was taking place is a city called Harlem, which is really interesting Harlem. because there's obviously a Harlem in New York City, yeah. which 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 was, was purchased from the Dutch. Peter Stuyvesant. Yeah. So and uh, it's spelled with two A's: H A A R L E M. That does seem more Dutch, right? More yeah, more Dutch. Yeah, but I never knew that that was a Dutch word. Neither did I. That's fascinating. Yeah. So the, they brought the flowers to the area. The flowers are being planted in the area because it turns out that they are fairly easy to grow and okay. they grow quite well far away from their home mm-hmm. uh, and their popularity grew and they became more valuable thus restricting them to people with more money right because they're pricey i mean it's the same as today you know you gotta have a little money in the bank to just have roses, fresh roses in your house at all times. Oh you know? yeah, too. Even if they're cheap roses, even if it's not the peak season of Valentine's Day, it's like all right, it's still I don't know twenty bucks to have like a a bunch of roses that's gonna yeah. wilt in a week. You so know? you're talking about this is people um, like buying flower. I don't know why. I, yeah, this I kept isn't this isn't like as planting, but this is like when you you know just buying flowers, having flowers in your home. Right, it's a new thing to them. Mm-hmm. These flowers are new, and it's a status thing. And that must be a huge status thing to have to say, "Welcome to my home. Come to our dinner party." And then they come in, and you've got a vase full of tulips on sure. your table. That's I mean, even like today, that looks a real flex. Even today, I would argue that is a yeah uh, a, a very upper class symbol it, of yeah, fresh totally. flowers in someone's house. It's like that just it classes things up. You it know, it is. It does. It's true. Uh, so where are we? we I say were... so an incredible number of times per episode. So do I. I need to cut that out. Let's both work on it. In fact, I almost said, I say so, so many times. <laughs> uh, so the merch, <laughs> <laughs> merchants are stockpiling tulips so that the price remains high and mm. the less desirable bulbs because they're putting out their best bulbs, they're yeah. fetching the best price for them, they look the best. Right. So 
over time, the less desirable bulbs started to be offered for purchase. For a lower price yeah, or something? Yeah, for a okay. lower price. So when they're offered for a lower price, lower class people, and when I'm saying lower class, I just mean not rich people, yeah, people yeah. who have mm-hmm. less money than the people with the most money, lower class people start to snatch them up. When they see how quickly those get snatched up, that further drives the price up because mm. it's like these are all valuable. Yeah. These aren't cheap throwaways that we can give to them for oh, pennies on I the see. dollar. Yeah. No, they're snatching them up and they're willing to pay as much as they can afford to pay for these mm-hmm. flowers. So that drives the prices up. Also, what made them valuable is that from the time they're planted till they uh, uh, bloom mm. is like seven years. What? Yeah. So you can get blooms off of mature plant, like you can plant bulbs mm-hmm. and grow off of those too. Like there's a, there's a way that like it's from seed to bloom, it's seven years, but mm-hmm. then you can kind of keep that plant alive yeah, year to year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that is going to yeah. drive up the value. No, that's intense. So this is right around 1600 when the prices start to climb. Okay. The flowers are a status symbol. Again, much mm-hmm. like expensive flowers today. Uh but the prices become a bit more outlandish in the 1630s. Okay. What are we talking about? How outlandish? We'll get there. Okay. As the story goes, people on all rungs of the socioeconomic ladder are involved in the trade of tulips. And I say as the story goes because this story, uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, it is a myth. I'll, I'll throw it's that out there now. In a lot of ways. I it's thought it was a fact. So as the story goes, people on all spectrums of society, from the richest to the poorest, were involved in this mania of tulips and this mm-hmm. craze from the wealthiest merchants to working class craftsmen to the lowest wage people in society. With the sales of tulips being as high as they are, the market mainly centered on tulips that weren't even grown yet. So people were forming contracts with oh. buyers on tulips before they even sprouted. On speculation, kind exactly. of. Exactly. Futures. Wow. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it was. Tulip futures. Yeah, so Dang. these were really fast and quick deals, almost like trading in the stock market today, mm-hmm. where a contract could be formed between a grower and a buyer in the morning. And then that buyer could sell that contract to a third party that afternoon for 50% more than what they paid for it in the morning. So this is what created this whole economy in the 1630s that really came to a head when the bubble burst. This is so wild. It I'm is. picturing it's really all these cool. like and Wall Street guys with jackets and yelling and pointing and stuff and that's sell- what I and then at too. some point someone like me walking in and being like, This is all fake. None of these tulips even exist. What are you all talking about? And no one cares. But then it bursts and I get to be like, Told you so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all of these myths surrounding tulip mania I don't know if this is like the seed of the perpetuation of it, but in the Wall Street movie. So there's Wall Street and then what's the second one? Wall Street Money or no, is is the first one called Wall Street Money Never Sleeps? I have no idea. Okay, anyway, there's the sequel to the Wall Street movie and mm-hmm. Gordon Gecko yeah. tells the story of Tulip Mania in Oh, the he movie. does? Oh, we yeah. should have just watched that. Recorded that. No, it's podcast. <laughs> it's like a 15 second telling of the story. He's oh, just okay. like 
in the 1700s. They That's bought cool. tulips. Did you and watch it? it? Drove a bubble. No, but I heard it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's literally oh, cool. probably 15, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's kind of how today, like a lot of people are familiar with that story from that movie, from the and movie. and the story is told as a reference to modern bubbles. Like mm-hmm. I think you mentioned the housing market yeah. before, mm-hmm. and the dot com yeah. bubble mm-hmm. and Bitcoin. There are endless references to those three, um, pointing at this tulip mania as sort of the first one. Mm-hmm. People spread the rumor around. That uh, people have spread the rumor that around that time in the Netherlands, flowers were the biggest commodity, and that tulips had become so valuable that a single bulb would sell for the price of a mansion. What? Until one day the bubble burst, and everyone involved, rich and poor, lost their entire fortune after buying tulips that then became worthless, and people threw themselves into the river, committing suicide at their loss, and that the Dutch economy went into a decades long deep depression uh-huh. that's all of this like build up of this yeah. myth that when people point at the the tulip mania again referencing modern bubbles yeah. and warning against that sort of possibility mm-hmm. um they're implying all of these sorts of things and there are some truths to that myth but it's really maybe less severe than yeah yes than, than it has made been made out to be absolutely there's a woman named Anne goldgar and she released a book a couple of years ago. And thank God she did because I swear every <laughs> article on the Tulip Mania is kind of from the time period that she released this book. And oh, it's wow. referencing her work. Mm-hmm. She released a book called Tulip Mania, colon, Money, Honor, and Knowledge in the Dutch Golden Age. Now, she went to the source and she got to the bottom of the story. She visited the region and collected all of the public records and old court documents and written transactions from the 1600s and mm-hmm. she pieced together what really happened. That's so cool. Good for her. It was really That's cool. That's the way to do it, girlfriend. Yeah, I kind of want to read this book now. So as we said, these flowers, they were incredibly popular and becoming incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Like Beanie Babies. Exactly like mm-hmm. Beanie Babies. <laughs> and there was... An economy surrounding the selling and trading of both physical tulips and the contracts to purchase tulips. The most valuable bulbs that people were looking for were the ones with irregular stripes. I forget what they oh, call yeah, them. Yeah. I I don't know what they're called, but I can totally picture that. Yeah, there's like a there's like a funny word for them. Uh, but anyway, it's weird because now we know that that irregularity comes from a disease. In oh, the no. plant, <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, um, sometimes your flaws make you even more beautiful. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't really harm the plant itself. It just makes it less uh, likely to to grow again the next year or something like that. It's well, not hey, like that it's makes it more hot. a sickly flower in your hand. Yeah, it's just yeah. like that disease causes these weird variations in color. But anyway, I mean, it makes sense. Those are the more rare ones. Those yeah. are going to be worth more. Like the rare beanie babies. Exactly like mm-hmm. the rare beanie babies. <laughs> So these flowers would be auctioned off and people would pay extremely high prices for them. And then this all came to a halt on February 6th, 1673. Sorry, 1637. Why? When one single bulb went up for auction and didn't sell. Oh. So when it didn't sell... Everyone freaked? Yeah. People became weary of this inflated market around tulips. Like, you know, everyone like 
stops in their tracks and is like, whoa, whoa, nobody bought that? Yeah. So then immediately people started to sell off all of the tulips they had at wow. a much lower price than what they were listed at before to try and get what they could out of them. When yeah. I say people selling them off, I don't mean people who, ha- who had them in a vase in their home, but people who were stockpiling them, people who made their living selling mm-hmm. them. They're like, right, right. wait, yeah. this is this is over apparently like yeah i gotta get out while it's still okay used to be 30 dollars a head like all right 10 bucks a head like take Mm -hmm. what you want that sort of thing yeah um so they the prices dropped dramatically pulling the rug out from under the tulip trade wow all like this is the true part okay and when that bubble burst many people defaulted on their contracts Mm -hmm. refusing to pay the prices that they negotiated before because it simply wasn't worth that anymore and it's not like today where there's a government that's going to step in where you can take somebody to court. Like back then, nothing like that happened. The mm. courts refused to like see these cases. I guess the government did try to step in and offer like a – it was something like – it was some sort of forgiveness thing where maybe you pay 10% of the contract or something. Like people weren't having it. Like yeah. nobody did it. Uh, so contrary to the myth where it was – rich and poor everybody lost their fortune went into a uh, Mm -hmm. economic depression in reality it was very few people who lost large amounts of money because there was very few people who were like that deep into it had that much in it exactly it was very few people who lost that much money and those who did could afford it Mm. they were people who prior to this boom just a few years before had successful businesses they were people who were more well off they were thriving like they didn't and even when they did lose money in this it in this bursting of the bubble it wasn't that much money yeah but it was still something it was yeah it was still something it's just again contrary to the myth where it's like looked at as this cautionary tale of what can happen when a bubble bursts that can happen. We've seen it happen yeah. in our I mean, country. Yeah, yeah. But that's just not what happened here. Right. The bubble did burst, but it didn't have these catastrophic uh, mm-hmm. consequences that people make it out to have had. So Anne Goldgar, the woman who wrote the book, mm-hmm. she, in all of her searching, found only 37 sales of tulips over the price of 300 guilders, which a guilder... It was about $10, so 300 guilders would be about $3,000 today. For a tulip? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a ton of money for a <laughs> tulip, a right? Yeah, I thought, I mean, this whole time, because we've been, you know, I feel like you've been tempering expectations, and it's like, oh, everyone thought it was kind of crazy, but it wasn't that crazy. I thought the prices were also going to be like, everyone says it was crazy, but it's not that crazy. 3000 bucks for a tulip? That's a lot to me. The, oh, it's a ton, but <laughs> yeah. she found record of 37 okay sales sure, sure. of anything over three thousand mm-hmm. dollars one was as high as 5500 guilders which is about fifty five thousand dollars for a tulip but think about it back then uh three thousand like 300 guilders about three thousand dollars today was like mm-hmm. the equivalent of a year salary for a fairly paid craftsman Okay, so so someone so it's who's not paying really three thousand dollars in today's money, because uh, no well, one it would be more. I mean, it's a year's salary to somebody back then. Oh, but yeah, think right, about right. it: nobody who makes three thousand dollars a year back then is spending three thousand dollars on right. a flower. The yeah, person who spent fifty five hundred guilder on a flower 
is somebody who's filthy rich. Exactly. Yes. So the two facts of 37 people ever bought a flower over 3,000 and the fact that people were only making about 3,000 a year. If you look at those two things together, it's like, okay, this was so few people involved in these big of trades Mm -hmm. and the people who were involved in those big of trades were people who could afford it. This isn't some sort of commodity that you can hold on to and flip in a year. You don't buy a flower at auction for three, like a, you know, it's one thing when you're buying contracts and stuff like that because you can flip those and do whatever. You're buying a three thousand dollar bulb. Mm-hmm. That's because you have three thousand dollars to spend on it. Yeah, of or fifty five thousand dollar bulb. That's because you literally have so much money that you can buy a single flower that is only going to keep for what max a couple of weeks. Yeah, if you treat it right, you know. But I think the thing to me, like I, I totally see what you mean and where you're coming from. But I think it's just so fascinating. It's always fascinating, these things, right? It's always fascinating to see what pops up in culture that people decide this is valuable and we're going to spend money on. Like anything. I mean, everything is just, you know, nothing is real. Nothing exists. Or Rolex doesn't cost $50,000. It's just because someone is willing to pay that. And it's just fascinating that at one point in history, that thing was a plant, was a tulip. It's really wild. But, I mean, to use your joking example of Beanie Babies, you know, in in all of these studies where they're, Mm -hmm. or not studies, but, you know, references where they're talking about the dot-com boom or the housing crisis in 2008 Mm -hmm. or Bitcoin, because this was a couple years ago where Bitcoin went from like 28,000 down to 3,000, which is laughable now because it's about 60,000 today. Uh, But they're calling that like a burst bubble Mm -hmm. in 2017 or something. Um, But to use your joking example of Beanie Babies, I would bet my life that there are way more people, hundreds of of times as many people who spent $3,000 on a single Beanie Baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like, no one looks at that as like, wow, remember when Beanie Beanie Baby's bubble burst and all those people (laughs) lost their money? It's like, in reality, there there were way more dollars lost on Beanie Babies than there were lost on tulips. tulips. Because Mm -hmm. what's lost on a $55,000 tulip purchased at auction probably well before the bubble burst. What's yeah. lost at that? Nothing. I mean, nothing's lost. Arguably, yeah. if the tulip grows, you got your money's worth. I mean, if that's what it was worth to you and then you got that tulip, who can take it away from you? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I think in these cases of those really high prices, this was a, a physical tulip already cut, already just, it's just the most perfect looking. It has the most unique color pattern. It's that sort of thing, you that's know? That's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, the, the other thing about tulips is that that isn't true about Beanie Babies, I would think, is that you know, which almost makes it more extravagant, it's going to die. That's what I'm saying. It's going to wilt. At best, you have it for a couple of weeks and maybe you can dry it out and keep it, but it's like, that's not what you're paying for. Yeah, you're not buying it and thinking like, three years from now, I'm going to sell this thing for three times what I paid. Like, you're not. It's just to show your status at that time. Well, there's even, I've heard stories of fish auctions today. So a couple, maybe like, Eh, this is probably back in the fall, maybe earlier this year. The record, world record, was broken for most expensive fish sold at auction. Really? Yes. And it was like, I'm going to make up the figures, but you'll get the idea. You know, it's a 420-pound bluefin tuna caught blah, 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 off the coast of blah, 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 sold to some Japanese person's like restaurant sushi mm-hmm. company 
for $3.1 million. For right. one tuna? Exactly, As a yes. big tuna. That and it's insane, massive. right? Yeah. But the idea behind those purchases isn't that they are then going to cut that tuna into 120 pounds of meat that they're then going to price at 80,000. No, mm-hmm. it's like, no, this is going to be the most expensive tuna anyone's ever bought and eaten. Mm-hmm. But the idea is they can afford to spend that much and it makes them look better. Not yeah. even in an egotistical way, but more in like a like marketing branding yeah, way. Of you course, know? yeah. Because so, who doesn't want to go to that restaurant? I want to go. Let's get buy a plane ticket. I'm already there. Exactly. And it's like, no, that's the guy who buys the best tuna in yes, the world. Yeah. No matter the price because he can afford to. And again, you know? like there is a little element of it there because obviously you're going to sell it at the restaurant and you're going to charge people to eat there. Right. But, but you're not coming close to recouping yeah, your and price on that one fish. And you didn't do it because you were like, oh, we're going to resell this and make a bunch of money on this million we spent like that's not the yeah. point it's like you said it's like goodwill and making making your business look cool and like not even making your business look cool like your business is cool at that point yeah. I feel like and it's just like I can I can afford this yeah. you, this person's not taking out a loan to pay for half of it with yeah. their half cash it's like no they're they're doing yeah. it because they can afford it that's and interesting it's, yeah it's not going to come as a loss even though they're not going to make their three million dollars back on that one single fish they're not going to lose out on this total transaction no mainly because they're not going to feel the three million dollar loss you know so i guess you could apply the same thing to that but contrary to the myth getting back to the story it didn't devastate the economy uh and goldgar was not able to find a single person who went bankrupt when the bubble burst and like i said those who did lose money could generally afford to Mm -hmm. do so I hope she didn't find anyone actually jumping in the river either. No. Good. That, yeah. No, that doesn't. That didn't exist. I mean, At least there's no swim, record of it. Just to swim and enjoy themselves. Perhaps. I'm sure yeah. that happened quite often. I feel like that's how I picture people in the Netherlands. That does sound nice. Mm-hmm. Another side myth, if you will, surrounding tulip mania mm-hmm. is that in 1630, the plague came a-knocking oh, no. and visited the Netherlands. So for a long time, people speculated that this mania got so out of hand and these prices went up so high because people were facing imminent death, so they were more likely to spend on something as frivolous as a flower. Wow. They, they were just like, F it. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Make it a million dollars, a million guilders or whatever they dead sold. dead in three weeks. Anyway. Uh, but her theory, so she did a podcast on barons.com, like the mm-hmm. finance and investing website. Yeah. And uh, she put forth the idea that it was more likely that people were able to pay these prices because they had just inherited a ton of money. Not even necessarily a ton oh, of wow. money, but they yeah. had inherited money from yeah. perhaps Their several relatives. relatives who had died. Wow. So people did have more money in their pocket. And mm-hmm. uh, I forget, there was one other factor that was going on economically that was just like at that time like wages were high like their economy was good like people were mm-hmm. doing pretty well yeah. you know so people had money in their pocket to spend on things like this mm-hmm. pretty interesting yeah d- definitely makes it i always i always find that stuff interesting the background information that you're like oh maybe it's not so out of nowhere yeah yeah it was like a perfect storm if you will yeah. mm-hmm. things just converging to the point where it shot up Mm -hmm. how did this false narrative get spread i don't know wonder i do wonder i didn't do the research you did one thing i saw and i don't know how 
concrete this is, but uh, shortly after the mania, in quotes, Mm -hmm. Dutch religious groups circulated pamphlets which exaggerated stories of the time, Mm. kind of leading to this long-standing myth of it being a lot worse than it was. Uh, They were attempting to warn against the evil that comes along with greed and accumulation of wealth. Mm -hmm. And one of the false stories they came up with, which... Again, I'm reading all of this stuff from uh, Anne Goldgar's book, which is debunking the whole thing. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what was circulating prior to 2017 when this came out. But mm-hmm. there was a, a like long, an old story myth, I should say, of a guy who accidentally ate a tulip bulb. He mm-hmm. mistook it for an onion, and it was like put on a sandwich, and he ate it, and he was thrown in prison for eating a valuable oh, bulb. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of, uh, not even kind of, what I read was that that was just a straight up false story put in these pamphlets that the religious groups Mm -hmm. circulated after. So It is a fun story. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, So stuff like that. That uh, reminds me of like, I think that happens a lot with religious stuff. I mean, I shouldn't just call out religion, but lots of like satanic panic and stuff, stuff that you look back and you're like, oh, that didn't happen. Like no one was actually doing anything, but it just, it helps you to build it up and make a story out of it. Um, It can help your narrative. And if it can help your narrative, you're going to do it. And now we believe there was a tulip bubble and wasn't, maybe it wasn't as bad as we think. Right. Uh, Okay. I think that's it actually. That was really cool. Did you like that? I loved it. Yeah. This was great. That was really fascinating. I, when I thought of it, I, I mainly thought of it because I was like, it's spring tulips. I don't want to make you just study tulips, but I had an inkling of this idea that I had heard of before and I thought it might be interesting and I think it turned out to be really interesting. Really cool. Before you go, before you turn off your podcasts, everybody, we have some fun facts. But yeah, (gasps) I agree with you. This is is so up my alley. I can't believe I had absolutely no idea about this. Yeah. Right? Don't you agree? This is the type of thing that like I would... That you're going to like tell people at dinner parties from now on. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like this is the type of like I can't believe I didn't read about this when I was 12 yeah. and have had it in my mind ever since. Yeah, uh, for sure. Okay, yeah. fun fact. Great fun suggestion. Facts. Okay. Well, I'm going to cross off this Netherlands business and this Dutch BS that wasn't because we already talked fact. about it. That was just a necessary piece of information before I could move on. Okay. Did I talk about the hall, uh, the Netherlands tourism marketing no. stuff? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So when we were talking about how people call the netherlands holland because that's where amsterdam is and that's Mm -hmm. where everyone goes so they just call it holland this is really recent actually uh and interesting the netherlands is dropping the word holland from all tourism marketing in order to encourage people to travel outside of north holland really which again is where amsterdam is so they're not going to use the word holland anywhere anymore in all of their travel market or uh, tourism marketing (laughs) oh well good for them rebrand move on with your life and they even like changed their logo i guess their logo used to be a tulip and it said holland or something like Mm. that and they're like getting rid of all that (laughs) uh pretty cool yeah the word tulip comes mm-hmm. from a Persian word. The Persian word is delband. I don't know why okay. that got to tulip. That turns but anyway, tulip, but... It, which means turban, which they do oh, kind of look like. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty That's cool, really right? That's really cool. Yes, definitely. Now, okay, this is probably the coolest fun fact 
that we've ever done on here. Oh, I think wow. that I've ever done. I You're should say. You're really building this up. Better be good. Well, it, I, okay, it's a really really cool fact. Okay, but I think I'm even. I love it even more because it's so it, as cool as it is. Like I'm surprised I stumbled upon this. This was like my last couple of clicks before I wrapped up, mm-hmm. and I'm just so glad I came across this. Okay, give it to us. After World War II, uh, the Dutch royal family sent 100,000 tulips to Ottawa because Canada. Ottawa, Canada, because they sheltered future Queen Juliana during the Nazi invasion. Now, this tradition, or not that, not this tradition, this gesture of sending 100,000 tulips has kind of sparked a tradition which continues today in Canada where they have a Canadian tulip festival each year where they get a bunch of tulips and it's a really cool thing. But, and this is so cool, when future Queen Juliana mm-hmm. was being harbored Sheltered. in Canada... Mm-hmm. During World War II, she gave birth. And the Canadian government granted a special law so that her hospital room in Ottawa would be Dutch territory for that day so that her baby would have exclusively Dutch nationality rather than dual nationality. (laughs) Crazy. Isn't that so cool? Not only is that so cool, and I'm so, like, Canada is really cool, and they would do something cool like that. Also, it makes me be like, everything is so silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, borders, everything is so goofy. But that is, that's so, it's so nice. When I you love hear, that. It's like a happy story. Yeah, you know? I love that. And I, and I, also I'm picturing her in this, ba- in this room with this baby and it's just like full of tulips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't happen, but that's how I'm picturing it. Uh, I, I think what makes me love this fact so much is, again, it came right at the end and I was like, mm-hmm. I had... I didn't even touch Wikipedia at all, but I had right at the very end clicked on like Tulip and then clicked on like, I don't know, some other link that took me to this page. And then I saw there that World War II something. And I clicked that and I saw that they that uh, mm-hmm. the Dutch royals gave 100,000 flowers when future Queen Juliana was staying there. And I just like, eh, out of curiosity, clicked on future Queen Juliana and then saw she had a tab that was like Canadian whatever and I like Mm -hmm. clicked on that you know it was just like I I could have easily come not come within eight pages of this story and I'm so glad I did that's an awesome story yeah that's so cool and what a what an ode to internet research which is what this podcast really is all about you're absolutely right very cool well that's about it for tulips great work I loved it thank you I'm feeling springy and inspired I legitimately will probably buy tulips within the next three to six years (laughs) thanks for listening follow us on instagram at 30 minute expert podcast where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today and send us suggestions for future episodes also if you're a real life expert on one of the topics we covered write to us and let us know what we missed you can email us at 30 minute expert podcast that's three zero minute expert podcast at gmail.com If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.